0: Well, hey there, podcast listeners. It's Pastor Brian. I'm in here in the studio with Pastor Ross, and we're covering Message 5, the final message in our Romans 8 series. You can find resources for all of this at PursueGodNetwork.org. Just check out our sermon library there. There's manuscripts and slide decks and all kinds of great stuff that you can download along with small group videos and resources so that you can really implement this in your church. So uh, Ross, why don't we just start with this before we get into the details of this final message, which is titled The Unbreakable Love of God. I love this title. And we're going to cover Romans 8, chapter or verses 31 through 39. Why don't you just give us a just a quick little summary of what we did in message four as we're kind of getting ready to finish this particular uh, five-week series. Yeah, we saw a Message 4 that God
1: is at work, even in times of suffering, and even the details of our lives when we go through difficult things. That's one of the themes of the whole chapter, is what to make of suffering. And so we learned that God has his greater purpose. His will for our life is to make us more like Jesus, and that's a hopeful. And he's not going to uh, drop the ball on that. He's going to see that through. That's a great hopeful um, conclusion of our, uh, of our whole uh, life existence. And that leads us into, he takes that positive theme, and now in the fifth message, he's going to really uh, blow it up in, in the most amazing kind of uh, way, thinking about all of the implications of God's purpose in our life. Yeah,
0: and so this is, to me, this is the most emotive, probably the most uh, moving message of all of them, which is great, that we end on a, just a really kind of soaring note, I think, uh, because we've spent a lot of time, Ross, in the previous weeks, talking about suffering. In trials, right? And right. so this is an opportunity for us to see, again, the heart of God, to see how Paul really brings us home. Mm-hmm. And, that you know, it really is about the unbreakable love of God. So let's do this. Give us a, just a quick overview of these these talking points, and then we'll dig deeper into each one of them. Right, so what we see in these
1: verses, first of all, we're going to say that God is for you even when the world seems against you. Okay, that, that God will not allow anyone to condemn you if you love Jesus. And third, that God will not permit anything or anyone to separate you from His love. Now, those are those run on parallel tracks. Mm-hmm. They're they're similar ideas, but there's there's some really uh, unique applications uh, for each one of them.
0: Yeah, and I would say to preachers out there, especially if you're new at this, I, just really pay attention to that. Uh, it, really make sure that you get the flow of this whole sermon in mind, because it is really powerful. But it could become redundant if you're not careful. So make sure that you pay attention to how you're gonna, what you're gonna preach along the way. So Ross, we'll make sure to help uh, the preachers with that. But I want to ask you, how are you gonna, how are you gonna start this? How are you gonna hook this sermon? And before you answer that, one of the things I think I'm gonna do on this sermon is I'm going to. This is just such a powerful passage, verses 31 through 39. I don't think I'll. I'll Read all of it. Maybe I will, um, but I'm going to read a large portion of it at some point at the beginning of the sermon. How are you going to set this up?
1: Yeah, I think actually with this whole series, um, I've been thinking about that question, and I think I think I might if for all of them read the whole thing. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. They're, they're not that long. Now, number one and number three are a little bit longer. Yeah. And but this one, this one has such a um, it's it builds. Mm-hmm. It's it comes to cli- uh, such a climax. That maybe it's good to see the whole thing at, at one mm-hmm. at once first. So that's a good way to to open it up.
0: Yeah, and I think in this particular message is very it's very verse by verse. So I think it sends mm-hmm. a good message to our church. You know, in our church we're not very formal, but I might even have people stand for the reading of the mm-hmm. word, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. read it there. Mm-hmm. Maybe even invite someone to read the section, someone who's got a good radio voice yeah. or something like that. Yeah. There's some so for preachers out there, there's, there's some creative ways maybe to bring that in i wouldn't even put it up on the slide i would just literally just read it right with the with the title slide up and and encourage people to pull it up hey pull up romans chapter 8 in your bible or on your bible app and really point people to god's word cuz that's what we're doing in this whole series mm-hmm. okay so as far as a hook as far as a setup how are you going to sort of intro or hook this this particular message
1: well again kind of depending on what i've done with previous messages, so I don't want to do the same thing every week, Mm -hmm. but this might be a good opportunity, again, to say, hey, what are you struggling with in your life? You know, what are you dealing with in your life? And maybe touch on some different kinds of scenarios that reflect the scenarios that are uh, played out in the later verses. You know, it's somebody mm. against you or it's, hey, mm. somebody's been talking about you behind your back. That's good. Or your boss just doesn't seem to, you know, ever want to give you a break. Or, you know, someone is, has been condemning you. Yeah. Um, or someone has, you know, or something has got you flat, got you, yeah. you down. So identifying maybe in, with a little bit of detail enough to draw people in or yeah. telling stories that kind of help people relate to the issues yeah, others. I like that. I,
0: I think that's good because it gets them in that mind frame of thinking about right the world being against them or mm-hmm. thinking about be feeling condemned right mm-hmm. um, or thinking about being you know maybe not being worthy of the love of God right. think about being separated or or worthless mm-hmm. or so it kind of draws upon some of the themes in the first message right and one thing I
1: learned a long time ago, uh, one of my preaching teachers taught me that you really um highlight the grace of God and you really highlight the gospel if you start with the bad news first, Mm -hmm. you know? So he's, he had this rhythm, he calls it peril and promise. Mm. And so there's peril here, you know, and there's promise. So if I, if I soft pedal the peril, then the promise doesn't seem as, as awesome or great. Or if I get to the promise first, I haven't let, I have to be willing to let at times let people um, feel the weight Mm of the problem issue that is being addressed in this. So I'm going to let them feel the weight maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Of, and they have through the whole series. We've been saying there's some weighty things, but then there's also some hopeful yes, things. that's right. Yeah. So, so that, that would work here too.
0: Yeah, I think that's good. Okay, so let's get into the, this first point. So the first point, Ross, and it comes from verses 31 and 32, is God is for you even when the world seems against you. So are we talking about persecution here? Are we talking about being picked on, being bullied? What are we talking about?
1: Well, he doesn't really say much about what—it uh, could be a lot of different things. So that verse 31 simply says, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? And so I think that gives us a room to talk about some different ways that people could be against us. Um, in, in different ways. It could be persecution, but it could just simply be cantankerous people. It could be, circ- we feel like circumstances might be against us. Mm. But he, we're going to talk specifically, I think, here about um, about sin and guilt. We want to definitely make sure we bring in that condemning power of sin and guilt that can um, kind of make feel like maybe even God's against us. Mm-hmm. It make us feel like, well, gosh, you know, we, we we all we all have reasons to, at some point to think maybe God is against me for some reason.
0: But Ross the second point's about condemnation. So yeah, one of the things we have to be careful about is you know, not stepping on the next point. Is that is right. this is the guilt and condemnation stuff something you're going to build to in the second point? Or are you bringing that in right now? In if at
1: all, at the first point, I might only allude to it, yeah. mention it, because I know that I'm going to come in verse thirty three and thirty four talks about condemning. Thirty three right. talks about who's going to accuse you. So that's so I might uh, give a nod to it here. But not camp on it because I want to save that for later. Right,
0: exactly, and I think that's important because otherwise you 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 use it all up, and then you and then your second point it doesn't build. Your second point becomes right. flat. I becomes think that's redundant. Yeah, yep. Uh, one of the things I think I'm going to do in this section is maybe to go back into the text a little bit and say, for for Paul, who was against Paul? Oh, that's great. Who was against the early church? And it, you know, because I think that's still relevant even today to say, you know, it's it's people who it could be the secular world, but it could also be other religious people, right? Uh, people with other ideologies. Mm-hmm. Certainly, for Paul, he had a lot of, he had, he did a lot of fighting with uh, the Judaizers and those right. kinds of guys, right?
1: And that that also has the advantage of um, establishing that Paul's not just speaking from an ivory tower. Yeah, you know, he experienced the things that he's addressing here in his own life in different ways. Yeah.
0: But the second point, then I think, really then brings a finer point to it because you're talking about God not allowing anyone to condemn you if you love Jesus. So there's a few things there. First of all, God's the one who is not allowing it, which I think right. is we that to me that draws up some images of of the judge and the arbitrator and, and that God is sovereign. And I, I think in this point for me, I think about my kids, you know, my son in in high school who. You know, in high school, sometimes you feel like the powers, the powers that be. You know, they have this power to say who's cool and who's not, and right. and who, who gets to who gets to have the social power. And I I, lo- I think I'm gonna preach to that here because mm-hmm. to speak to students a little bit because mm-hmm. I think it's it's so powerful to think that it doesn't matter what everybody else says, what your friends, what friends at school say, or enemies at school, what teachers say, um, what the culture says. Look, God is for you
1: right right and this ties in you can see in verse 33 it ties in back to verse 30 because he talks about god those god has chosen that go those who have a right standing with him justified and so he's connecting it back saying hey look if god we already saw last week that god is going to see this through we already saw before that that you're his children this is unassailable this is a position of standing that's unassailable And certainly, as we said before, it's not God who's condemning us, but God is the one who's taking up for us. Like the Father, that's Mm -hmm. an image we've seen in this chapter that God is defending. Right, and the Son, because
0: it Mm -hmm. says in verse 34, uh, and I love this image. I think I'm going to camp out on this image for a Mm -hmm. minute in my sermon. For Christ died for us, was raised to life. And here's this image I want my, my son to see. I want everyone to see. And he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Right. Right. And to, yeah. uh, once again, Paul is saying, you know, in the previous message, he was saying the Holy Spirit pleads for us and prays for us. And now he's saying Jesus is pleading for us. So anyone who feels, um, who has kind of the wrong picture of God, these are these are powerful images.
1: Right. And it, it's great because not only is he pleading for us, for us but, but he's the right person. He's in the place of honor. So it's like, mm. okay, you, you alluded a minute ago about it. who gets, who's the this uh person who gets to decide right. who's popular or who isn't or yeah. who, you know, um well, whoever it is, they don't they don't measure up to Jesus. He's mm-hmm. standing in the place of authority in the whole universe. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, his judgment on on us is, you know, incontrovertible.
0: Yeah, and maybe a powerful example of this from history would be, you know, Nazi Germany and Dietrich Bonhoeffer and and how this this whole country, a lot of the country had kind of been swayed by this mm-hmm. this horrible leader with this terrible, this hatred and this, uh, just this I, this worldview that was wrong. And there was just this small group of Christians, uh, Bonhoeffer being an example of one, who, who just, he understood. And he, knew, even when the world seemed against him, well, not the world, but Germany, mm-hmm. his country seemed against him. He knew what was right. He's he still knew that he was justified and that, and that God was ultimately still in control.
1: Yeah. That's a great uh, illustration.
0: Okay. So then Ross, so we, we move from God is for you. Even the world seems against you to God won't allow anyone to condemn you if you love Jesus. So that's when we're really starting to drive home. This thought of guilt and condemnation has no place in the life of the Christian. And then you're, you're ending the message and the whole series with this last point, which is really a, a powerful point. It comes back to the message title, The Unbreakable Love of God. Here's the point. God will not permit anything or anyone to separate you from his love, coming from verses 35 through
1: 39. Yeah, so this is where he he just starts. He talks about every possible um, si- situation or circumstance. And, and, and you could divide this up maybe into two kinds of things. You can talk about, uh, it's not a perfect division, but it kind of goes this direction by and large. That he can uh, the first thirty five through thirty seven kind of talks about physical, tangible challenges, issues, hunger, uh, destitution, danger, death, trouble, different things that that you might face in the physical world around us. And then uh, thirty eight and going down from there, thirty nine maybe he talks about more intangible things or mm. spiritual or emotional. He talks about demonic forces. He talks about fear, worry. Um, You know, so so you could you could take it that direction in order to maybe play out more fully some of the specific things that Mm -hmm. are that are mentioned in there.
0: Yeah, I think it's good. Again, a good opportunity to just open up your Bible, have people open up their Bible. You don't even need a, a, a slide for this just to say, look right? He's verse 35. (laughs) He's talking about earthly things. And then later he's talking about spiritual things. Mm -hmm. Some of you need to hear that. Some of you need to find your thing on that list, right? And realize that that thing is not more powerful than the love of God, that that thing isn't strong enough. Um, one of the guys I mentor, I think this is a message that would really impact him to realize, you know, that God, God is stronger than my strongest enemy, Mm -hmm. right? And, and just to know that and to see that affirmed here in this passage in Scripture. Yeah, and, and pastorally
1: speaking, I want to speak to, when I'm, when I'm teaching, I don't want to just give doctrine and great truth, true ideas. I want to speak pastorally to people. So pastorally speaking, um, he, he asked the question, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? And that, I think, really hits home for a lot of people because... For a lot of people, I just went through a tough thing, and I do, I do doubt God's love. Mm-hmm. I do. Did God really love me? If God really loved me, why did my my spouse die? Mm-hmm. Why did I lose my job? Why did I have this accident? You know, so a lot of things can attempt to separate us from Christ's love, um, but He's saying there's no basis for that. In fact, mm-hmm. even though we may feel that way.
0: Yeah, that's good. Ross, how are you going to end this? Sermon, and remember, you're not just ending a sermon; you're ending the whole series. How are you going to land this plane?
1: Yeah, I'll take a minute very shortly uh, to just try to sew it all up, the chapter, and and refer to just remind people: Hey, we started with no condemnation, mm. and here's how we end: We end with um, again, kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm kind of no condemnation or, or full mercy of God extended to you beyond you, what you could imagine. And in the middle, we said, yeah, we're children of God. Well, look here, we see that again. Nothing can threaten that. And we saw that, yeah, we're going to go through suffering and um, for various reasons. And here we see, you know what? That's real, that's, that's hard, but it's not the final word. Mm-hmm. It's not the bigger picture. And so I, I, can, I think we can pull the threads together through the whole chapter without being pedantic about mm-hmm. it without being dry or academic about it
0: and the basis really for all of it is is not actually you know because we've talked about our experience and our response and our character but really what Paul does here like he always does he comes back to it's all based in God in his character mm-hmm. and who he really is so I, I think for a lot of people in this five-week series they're not just learning about their situation they're yeah. not just learning about their story and themselves that's part of it Ultimately they're learning about that in the context of God and who God is and God is mm-hmm. love. God ultimately God is loving. And so for some people it's gonna blow their minds after five weeks of in this chapter to realize this is who God is and He's for me, He's not against me. Yeah. So Ross, are you gonna end this message in the series? You're gonna end with a gospel call. You can invite
1: people Yeah, to- yeah, definitely. I think and I think a good hook for that in this passage is verse thirty-four. Because he talks about the God. He said Christ died for us. He was raised to life for us. And then the other thing that you mentioned earlier, he's also pleading for us from his position, mm-hmm. his high priestly role. And so I can come back I can come back to that entitled. Because he talks at the very end, he talks about the love of love of Christ, the love of God. He mentioned that numerous times um, in the last few verses. And so I can say, well, here's the greatest illustration, expression of God's love for us. Christ died for us and was raised to life yeah, for us, good. for yeah. us, he says, for us. So I think I can use verse 34 to bring it all together.
0: Yeah, and so for you preachers out there, if you do this kind of thing in your church, this might be a good opportunity to actually invite people to put, give their hearts to Christ. Uh, if you haven't done that in this whole series, this is a great opportunity to do that at the end. And, and again, make sure then to connect them to a mentor, a small group, so that uh, someone can disciple them and walk with them. And that's what our resources at PursueGod.org are all about. So this was message five in our Romans chapter eight. This was the final message. It's called the unbreakable love of God. The points are God is for you. Even when the world seems against you, God will not allow anyone to condemn you if you love Jesus and God will not permit anything or anyone to separate you from his love. Again, resources, Um, sermon notes, manuscripts, everything. It's all there at PursueGodNetwork.org. Check out our sermon library and uh, really pray this through as you preach Romans chapter 8.